I'm zonked. Yeah, dude. I feel like garbage. Yeah, I'm tired. Did you nap or anything? No, but I was watching some WWE and was like <clears throat> dozing while I was watching it. Dude, and I slept a little bit on the car ride, and yeah. I still feel like... <laughs> Jake said he just would woke up, too. <laughs> Nashville won the boys zero. That's accurate. And it don't matter what you go there for. Like, it, this is with any trip, Dom. We went to that. We went to Bellator in Chicago. And it was like the next day you get home and you're like, "Why am I limping around the house? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why does it take an extra second to get up off the bed? Because I my back feels like it's about to break in half." Yeah, yeah. Is this this is a sign of uh, aging, Dominic? Aging. There's been a lot of signs this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a little inside joke, but. The aging in particular has become quite a humbling experience. Uh, tie that in with our buddy Jacob, who I've always been, you know, I'm two years older than him, but I've always been tight with him back from when, God, I was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. So I've been used to being like, I could, you know, squash this fucker in a second. So what a humbling experience it was that after a couple years of jiu-jitsu, this dude manhandled me around the room. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that claim. And when he had me in mount, he just, I just couldn't move him. I'm like, wow, this is this is a this is definitely a wake up call that like you you ain't the biggest fish in the sea, or you might be, but you ain't the strongest. <laughs> you earned the war hat this weekend, Noah. That's what happened. Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joes. MMA show. We are back from Nash Vegas. Nashville is where we were this weekend. We got to see Fight Night San Hagen versus Font in front of the upwards of 20,000 others mm-hmm. at Bridgestone Arena. Dominic, we literally just got back a couple hours ago. Overall, thoughts on the trip, you know, things you liked, things you didn't about everything we did, about the arena, you know, just Obviously not getting too much into the fights yet, but uh, just overall, how was the trip to Nashville? What did you think? It was a great trip. You know, shout out to Jake being our driver <laughs> this weekend. Kept us safe, got us to and from. Uh, nice hotel, nice convenient walk to Broadway and to Bridgestone. It was kind of a perfect storm, and uh, obviously we got to see the fight Saturday, but we got to go out Friday, got to go out after the fight Saturday. It was a very good time, quality time with your best friends. There's not much more. That is better than that. And we get to recap it all here. How was it? No, I know you probably feel much the same as me, except maybe a little bit more sore due to the jujitsu class. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that's what made me sore the most or if it was those Amaretto Sours I was <laughs> drinking last night. You know, people, it's uh, just you, you realize like, Everybody talks about in their 30s, they hit that point where like the hangovers hit different and it's mm-hmm. a lot harder. I'm 25. Mm. I'm already feeling that. So yeah. this is not a good sign of what's to come in my future. <laughs> but it was a great trip. It's great to spend it with a couple of my best friends. Um, Jake, let's just call it what it is, Dom. He drives like a fucking maniac. But... He does it for the sake of getting us there faster, which I appreciate. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, was I nervous a few times? Yes. Now, you have to realize when I'm calling saying he drives like a maniac, this is in comparison to me mm. who drives, if it's 70 is the speed limit. I'm going, uh, you know, a high speed of like 73. 73. I, I, I fully admit, and see if my dog agreed with me, it's yeah. bark, yeah. but... It doesn't take when you get a little faster than that, it starts getting a little, a little uneasy. But I You're do grabbing appreciate the seat. driving. He got us there quick, efficient. Definitely had me nervous a few times. <laughs> we we got there in one piece, there and back. So yes, shout out to him. Uh, the bars were good. Uh, Broadway very fun. A lot of long lines. Yes, we not we, we. The battle was truly to find the bars that did not have the weights. And guys, Saturday night, the fights ended right around 11 Nashville time, which is perfect time to go out. And all of those thousands of people that you got to see on TV all went out the same door onto Broadway. It was quite a crazy like thing to witness. I'm just imagining 
people that were at Broadway before the fights uh, were over, they're like, huh, it feels like kind of a light day here compared to what we're used to. And then they just see a mob coming, a (laughs) horde of like a zombie horde coming down the street. And they're like, holy shit, everybody run to the bar you want to go to. Because if not, you're waiting about an hour or two to get in anywhere. Yes. Um, But yeah, the arena itself, small ass seats. For this a big ass guy mm-hmm. it's just you know it's it's an element it's an element to this game for for me uh but we made it work um yeah so i think with that dominic we'll just get straight into our episode today but first i want to let everybody know this is the last time if you're watching this on youtube last call that you will be seeing full-length podcast episodes Mm -hmm. if you want to continue receiving content in this kind of form you'll need to go follow us on spotify on apple any audio platform that you will listen that's where you need to be following us at if you want the long content if not don't worry we got you covered here Mm -hmm. on youtube uh basically moving forward you'll see it kind of today when we talk about the main event, imagine that main event discussion was just its own video. Yep. And it gives us the ability to be more timely with our uploads. If there's big news drops or whatever, Dana White, you know, with his little Instagram mm-hmm. videos he likes to do, we can get a video out the next day, let everybody know uh, what's going on and, and be more timely with it. Not have to wait till that next scheduled recording day. However, if you do want the long-form content, still expect to get those drops on Fridays and Mondays. Um, Also, follow us on social media Mm -hmm. at the BAJ MMA on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. TikTok doing the uh, MMA trivia, which has Mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. Me and Dominic are not. Uh, doing we're not giving each other softballs here so it's we are. Uh, definitely yeah. challenging so I, I highly recommend to go through those if you uh would like to see how you hold up as a hardcore mma fan well yeah i think that's pretty much it dominic anything else i need to cover blazing bets will live on twitter by the way maybe you should mention that mm. uh so make sure you're following us on all those if you want to get extra content perfect <clears throat> main event dominic Corey sanhagen Gets the unanimous decision win over Rob Font. It wasn't even close. Sanhagen dominated from bell to bell. Yeah. But it wasn't in the fashion that I think many would have expected. He did it with the wrestling. Really a performance that, while dominant, while um, one-sided, you know, showed there's levels to this game, whatever you want to say, it seems to have... Uh, been very controversial, I think is the word. Big reason for that, the fight wasn't very good at sure. all. It was mm-hmm. very boring. Uh, a lot of people may describe this Sanhagen performance as being lay and pray. Not a whole lot of uh, damage being inflicted. It was mostly takedowns and, uh, and top control. That's really what you saw for the majority of the 25 minutes. I think Dominic told me 25-minute fight, he had over 20 minutes of control time in that fight, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, afterwards, while being interviewed in the cage, he said that he had been dealing with a lot of elbow injuries or an elbow issue during camp. And then he thinks he might have tore his tricep in the first round, which obviously sucks. And then uh, we saw the video today, Dominic, yeah. of, that he posted the Twitter where something definitely looks injured there. Yeah. I'm no doctor, <laughs> but I don't think it's supposed to have been that way. Yeah. Um, so now you're seeing a lot of outcry on social media for some fans that are not happy with this performance, either some of those that were in attendance like us in Nashville who bought the tickets, felt like they didn't get their money's worth in that main event, or those watching at home. It seems like a lot of questions have been brought into, you know, you know, Corey Sanhagen needs to have to take a a fight with a lesser opponent or he needs to be out of the title mix or, you know, a lot. I mean, people are even saying the guy needs to be cut. Man. So obviously a lot of, uh, contra- it's a big, a very controversial fight here in a lot of ways. So I guess, Dominic, how do you evaluate this performance? You know, being that we were in attendance, I'm curious, like, 
do you hold a little bit of like resentment to that fight for kind of bring you know for a crowd that was so ready to explode with just a great main event instead became you know the house that booze built and <laughs> i i just want to know like where where, where your feelings kind of lie on everything that went down in that main event yeah so obviously as people who had purchased tickets to be in the arena that's not the main event that you want to see this was mm. our fourth um event that we've been to and definitely the worst main event but but it doesn't ruin the experience for me it doesn't ruin the entire rest of the 11 other fights that happened that night it sucks because it was two very high level guys that we expected to have a very fun fight one way or another and we did not get that but if you really are a hater on Corey Sanhagen from one fight i think that's I think that's a bit too soon to do that. Just go look at his last seven fights and go find me another boring one. I'll save you the time and say you won't be able to do that. He is never in fights like this. And when you add in that elbow injury, that's very obvious to something is not normal there and that it happened in that first round, which was a very fun round. I enjoyed that first round. It kind of makes a little bit more sense. I'm not making excuses for the guy, but I mean, if you're, you can have one bad fight and I think you should still have your fans. So yeah, it sucked in a way, because the fight was just not what we wanted. But I'm not going to come on here and hate on Sanhagen. People should not be going after Sanhagen. This is his third straight win. He did what he had to do to win. And at the end of the day, that's what these guys are paid to do. They go in to win. So it is what it is. Give me your thoughts. You shouldn't have to feel like you're making excuses for him because there, there should be no need. The man dominated this fight. Yeah. he did, He had no reason. To risk his position in the, in the division, to risk uh, obviously being finished, maybe injuring himself worse. He had no reason to do it because Rob Font did not force him to do that. Rob mm -hmm. Font could not stop a single takedown here. I think Sanhagen went 7-7 seven to seven on his takedown attempts. And that doesn't mean I want everybody to shift their focus to being mad at Rob Font. Rob Font stepped up and took this fight on two weeks' notice. Yeah. Obviously, Corey has to agree to a new opponent on two weeks' notice. Uh, Fott was preparing for a fight in Boston, which was two weeks later from when we're recording this. Um, Corey was preparing for Umar Nurmagomedov, mm -hmm. completely different fighter than Rob Font. I just, I think that uh, I understand people being upset that we're in attendance that you know paid their paid a lot of, of money to to watch. I understand not being happy with the main event. Dana White even walked out in mm -hmm. the fourth round of this fight. Never a good sign. But I think to to say anything more than, you know, I don't like this fight and this fight sucked is honestly like, I, I don't, I, I'm not on that side. I'm yeah. not on that side of the fence. Uh, yeah. Corey Sanhagen is an exceptional fighter. One of the best Bantamweights in the world. Mm -hmm. And he's constantly delivered great high paced action fights. However, I mean, this is again. I I take a lot of good out of this performance in in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I under it's 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 tough because you want to. It's not a style. This this performance style will not work uh, against too many more guys above yeah. Rob Font. Yeah, you give him a pass, right? You kind of go, okay, the injury probably would show a little. He'd show a little bit more, you know, if if he didn't have that, but. This he is a real threat in, in the wrestling department in this division yeah. at this point. You know, to see the how far he's come. His game, yeah. You know, he's become one of the most well-rounded guys in the whole division. And I have to applaud him for that. That's just sort of how I feel about the whole thing. Um, you know, again, I understand some people people are just gonna be mad, and and that's fine. You can be mad, mm -hmm. but I don't think you know to say that Corey you lose respect for him yeah, or that he should be cut and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, the, are these, the, are these tweets that people are really going to stand by in a couple weeks from now? Yeah. Or is this going to be the stuff that people woke up the next day and was like, Oh God. Why did <laughs> I get the, uh, you know, you ever heard of post nut clarity? This is post sleep, <laughs> post sleep yeah. clarity. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on, but let me ask you about, what this means for his standing in the division because we kind of looked at this fight dominic going in and said title implications are on the line here mm -hmm. two weeks from now you have aljamain sterling defending against sean o'malley 
Sterling has basically said win or lose, he's probably going up the featherweight. Yeah. If Sean O'Malley wins, you have the options of Marab. You have Corey Sanhagen. Mm-hmm. Maybe a rematch with Aljo, but I, I tend to believe Aljo would just yeah. run up. If Aljo wins, things get very cloudy because then you have potentially a vacant title. Yeah, two spots. <laughs> and then you have guys like Marav and Corey, and then you have maybe even like the winner of uh, Marlon Vera, Pedro Munoz. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also on that card. You still have Cejudo in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Peter Jan, these are guys that probably need to win one to get back in there, but with this showing that we got and being that Dana White left, no yeah. fight, all that, where does he where do you see him fitting into to the possible scenarios here between depending on who wins that main event in two weeks? I know. I mean, if you feel like I feel like if you just look at that resume <laughs> and down these wins, Song Yudong, Marlon Vera, Rob Font, three fight win streak, bouncing back. He's there. The performance does not help him. It doesn't help, like you just said, when Dana walks out. So he said he's going to be in Boston and that he wants next. And I'm not going to bat an eye if he gets it. I And I, I honestly hope he does get it. If you look down the line here, he has put together the win streak that no one else besides Marab has done, to be quite truthful, since Sean is up next fighting. Uh, so I hope he does get it. This fight aside, but I have a hard time thinking that he will. Uh, Henry Sudo as such, came out since last night, pushed a little video on Twitter I saw right before we hopped in the studio of him making fun of the fight while he was watching it last night, saying, oh, now it's definitely me versus Marab. Winner gets mm. the title fight. And I could very well see that as a possibility, and therefore maybe Corey has to fight one more time. So I feel like those are basically the only two options. And you're right, if... Uh, if Aljo wins and immediately vacates, it does change things a little because there's not one spot available for a contender. There's two spots available. So that's where it could change, I guess, a little bit. But let's I, I think Corey can, but probably won't after last night. Hmm. I I I man. And I, I understand I understand that some of the, the body language or some of the actions we saw do not bode well. Dana walking out, the booze. Yeah. I get it. It doesn't look great. And just it, injury in general, maybe even too. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a fair point. Um, I'm gonna put that aside. So I'm gonna do this as if we're not thinking about how long he may be out with an injury here. Cause we do have a title fight in two weeks. So we're not yeah. talking about turning a guy around yeah. right away. If Aljo wins in two weeks, I think it's it should be pretty straightforward. It should be Marab versus Corey Sanhagen. Vacant belt, yeah. And I I tend to believe that's what's going to happen. I understand, again, all the implications of what we saw Saturday. But we're talking one fight here. Yeah. I think there's a lot of recency bias that's kind of going into, and this is natural, because it's the last thing we saw, you know, mm-hmm. you always hear that motto in MMA, you're only as good as your last fight. When Sanhagen blew through Cheeto Vera, he was the, you know, he was back. He's the guy. He's next. They, he called out Marab afterwards. I mean, yeah. people were loving this guy. Now, all of a sudden, he's the most boring fighter in the world, <laughs> and he sucks, and he should be cut, and yeah. he should not get a title fight off of this. I hope that the brass of the UFC recognize that at the end of the day, he did take this fight with an injury. He still dominated. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put blame on him for something that Rob Font could not stop. Yeah. Seems strange. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that Rob Font should be punished for this. I'm Thanks. just saying that at the end of the day, he found something that worked and continued going to it. I feel like that's MMA for you. That's what mm-hmm. you do. Don't have to think it's entertaining, but I'm just saying that that's how it went this time. Uh, so I think if Aljo wins, pretty clear. Yeah. If Sean O'Malley wins, then I think you're looking at Corey having to fight one more fight. And I think Marav would be the most likely next title challenger. It seems mm-hmm. like yeah. Corey, you're right. This fight did not help 
his chances, like help his standing in mm-hmm. that title picture. And the only reason I say that is because I think if he had done enough of had enough of a powerful showing, blew through Rob Font like early, highlight reel, KO, whatever, mm-hmm. I think he could have passed Marab as being like that no doubt number Probably. one guy. As it stands, I feel like Marab has edged him out at least right now. Yeah. I definitely like that. If Sean wins, I think Marab is for sure. I, I that's how it feels to me. Yeah. You kind of have a little bit of a story there. Maybe yeah, they fight do. for the jacket too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Marab can avenge Aljo. There's I, yeah. I do think that maybe in a couple weeks, once we're off, we're you know, we're already gonna move into Luke A, RDA, and then we're gonna get to that Boston card. San Hagen will be there. Yep. I think a lot of this will be forgotten in a couple weeks. I think it will so. blow over a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, maybe Dana will have some sour grapes about the performance, but you never really know with him, so it's mm. hard for me to predict. I just think that it would be a real, a real, a bad precedent to set if you're going to punish someone who really kind of bent over backwards to make a fight happen for you. He and, really uh, did. Yeah. I think the UFC would be setting a pretty bad precedent to punish someone who did that. I Tatiana Suarez gets the second round submission over to former strawweight champion Jessica Andrade. This was Suarez's uh, second fight back since her mm-hmm. long layoff, but it was her first at the division that she dominated previously, strawweight. She dominates. I, I guess you could say dominates. I mean, I, I she she won pretty clearly. It was the, pretty clean. The whole fight. Yeah. yeah, it was a clean performance. Second round submission over Andrade. You've obviously been a big, big ride or die with Tatiana. You thought, if not for the layoff, she would have already been champion, probably still champion, I believe you even said last mm-hmm. night. Now that you've seen two performances from her, how how much of that Tatiana of 2019 is still there in your opinion? Oh. Now two fights in, more and more of it is coming back to me uh, as a fan. This was it was great to see her come back to get into the cage at 125 back in February and beat Montana. But now she didn't kind of take that similar approach to her 115 re-debut. She jumped right into the deep end of the pool with former champion Jessica Andrade, number five in the world, and did well, albeit on the feet as well. Looked pretty clean, utilized range, because she was a lot bigger, much bigger, especially in person getting to see that than what Jessica was. Um, not that she like had any big moments, but she just she did well on the feet, and that's where I was wanting to see how she would perform with someone as powerful as Jessica. And, uh, man, her grappling is so, so good in the female uh, divisions for the UFC right now. The way that she can transition, uh, the way that she set up that, submission in the second round kept the headlock kind of let jessica get up and in a way rearranged her hands brought her right back down straight into the guillotine it was nasty she's an elite level grappler wrestler uh, for this division and i you know last night i immediately wanted to jump as soon as she won and i'm like you know she's back i i think she can get a title fight i really do think she can but now 24 hours removed well i would love to see that for her i actually would like to see her just get one more in just to mm-hmm. let's really solidify here that she's back. She's healthy. Get her in at maybe December. That'd be a three fight year, tons of activity for her start 2024 fresh. And I think I would like to see her take on Yan Jaunan. That's what I think I would want. I, after sleeping on it and getting all day today, that's what I'm feeling here. I love what I'm seeing from her. I truly believe she's going to hold that title still, even with all this, injuries and the layoffs that she's had she's going to be a champion and i think it will be coming in the somewhat near future but i want one more to really solidify it here noah i know you kind of maybe feel a little bit different about the performance but i think that's why it's going to be interesting to see how we end up viewing her at the end of this discussion you know it's it's interesting because i would say i when i look at the performance it's very clean like she didn't really get hit with anything Mm -hmm. substantial she dominated on the ground when she yeah. had her there. Yeah, Jessica was able to get back to her feet in round one, which I thought could play a factor into rounds two and three. It seemed like Jessica did not come out with that same level of aggression that mm-hmm. she normally does, and that might have been for her own good at the time because 
it when she comes in so reckless, uh, Tatiana could probably, if not, if she doesn't take a clean shot, could probably take her down pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But it felt like Andrade was giving her a ton of respect here. Um, did not put her foot on the gas too much. And Tatiana, it took her some time to kind of, like she seemed fully comfortable on the feet in round one, but then round two, I felt like maybe it was starting to feel like she was a little uncomfortable staying Yeah, there. she was kind of rushing a little. Um, a little bit. That's why I was kind of wondering if maybe that the tide was starting to turn and maybe Andrade would start landing, but then that's when Tatiana took her down and mm-hmm. got the submission, so we'll never know. So, in a, in a, I mean, it's a two straight fights being back, two straight finishes, two straight submissions. I feel like I'm nitpicking at a certain mm-hmm. point. Um, she was a special talent when she went on her layoff and she comes back and I think she still has the makings to be a special talent and a champion, but you're right. I'm not ready to throw her into a title fight yet. I'd like to see her take one more mm-hmm. and I'm going to present just an all an alternative option sure. because I think the Zhao non fight makes a lot of sense. I like it. I'm going to throw out Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about With that. The Mackenzie car. Dern fight stylistically is the most interesting fight you can make in the entire division uh, for either of those two. Mm-hmm. We saw how rejuvenated Mackenzie Dern looked in her last outing against Angela yes. Hill. Yeah. Obviously, Angela Hill, despite her record in the UFC, despite where she might sit in the division, a tough out for anybody. Tough to make her look like that. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie Dern dominated her for the majority of the fight. She came out this new level of aggression. Divorce Dern is, a, is an animal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mix that with her exceptional jujitsu. You have someone in Tatiana who's going to look to wrestle. And I think you get the makings of a very interesting, some interesting grappling exchanges. It'd be curious to see who wins that fight on the feet, even. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot that could be answered there. Obviously, McKenzie Dern being ranked number seven, maybe that feels like she shouldn't be fighting back, but I don't really care about the ranking numbers. Like who's got the momentum who, yeah. Well, like McKenzie Dern feels like if you're going off of the momentum off of mm-hmm. who's riding the highest, she's in that top five mix. Right. Yeah. Now. So yeah, that's the fight I'd like to see. Shout out to Tatiana. I think this fight was an even better performance from her than what we saw against Montana. And uh, I hope that she sticks it out with 115, sees how far she can take it. Yeah, and just do you also see any um, concern <clears throat> with the three fight skit of Jessica Andrade? Just quickly, is there any well, of that um, for it's you? A good question. It's a good question. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just crazy how fast the sport moves, Dominic. Because we are seven months. I think Aaron Bronstetter tweeted this out. We are like seven months removed from her dominant oh. win of yeah. Lauren Murphy in January. Since then, she has fought three more times and has lost and has been. I mean, been pretty cleanly beaten in every one of them. Mm-hmm. Is it concerning? Yes, if you're looking at Andrade like I was as someone who is uh, still in the title mix, still of the elite of the elite of both divisions. Now it feels like she's sort of becoming a gatekeeper. That's sort of what it kind of feels like to me. I sort of feel like uh, she's put herself in this position now where the UFC are going to put the, the women – at 115 or 125 that they believe are ready to kind of move into the title discussion. They're going to try to use her as the, yeah, uh, the, the former champion, that name to mm-hmm. be, and then move into the title mix. So it's unfortunate because she's been wanting to just stay active. She's just said yes to every matchup, obviously, because none yeah. of these matchups have been particularly good for her. Mm. Uh, especially the Suarez and Blanchfield ones. Like that's just some of the worst, <laughs> some of the worst matchups you can get. Yeah. And yeah, she's, she's definitely between a rock and a hard place right now, but I wouldn't surprise me if she gets one more in before the end of the year. Oh, yeah, she and definitely will. She may just, if depending on who they give her, she may just dominate. Yeah. I'd be curious to see how she would look against someone like Virna Jandiroba. Uh, be a fun six. scrap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she's going to bounce back up to 125. I don't know what she's going to do, but um, someone like Vierna, that, that'd be fun. I'd be, I'd be interested in seeing that. 
Yeah, I agree. Do you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, no, no. I I like where we end there. Um, do you want to just kind of we can quickly kind of go over that three fight uh span where we got all quick finishes, right? Well, mm-hmm. oh, two. Sorry, we two just more. talked about one. <laughs> Dustin Jacoby first round TKO over Kennedy Inzechukwu came a minute twenty two seconds into round number one. How about Diego Lopez, Dom? Making his sophomore effort in the UFC gets the first round submission a minute 38 seconds in over Gavin Tucker. Gavin Tucker, shout out to him, by the way. Dude hasn't, we haven't seen him in a long time. Long time. Yeah. Uh tough way to go out, but uh nice to see him back. And uh Dominic, uh, Diego Lopez seems like a guy to be on the lookout for because did I think you we got hear a player. the kind of reaction we got from the crowd? Yeah, and you mix that in with how he's looked. Of course, he's the guy who, in his debut, went on short notice against Movzar Evloev, the undefeated. And it was a scrap. <laughs> and it was a scrap. Diego was in that fight. Yeah, I mean, he took it on what? How many days notice did he take it on? It was like a week. It was within a week. And Movzar, he almost beat the undefeated. <laughs> yeah, nobody had really shown anything. Yeah, Movzar and <laughs> Diego nearly beat him. It was incredible. And then he comes in here against Gavin Tucker. Oh. Makes very quick work of him. Nasty armbar. He kind of started with the flying triangle, right? And yeah. then he turned it into the armbar. Yeah. Or he had the no, he had the triangle locked in, but then he took the arm and did the armbar. Yeah, right. they said it was the eleventh uh, triangle armbar in UFC history last night. Oh, I guess you'd call it a triangle armbar. Okay. Well, this just shows my white belt here. You know, energy. it's all right. You got your first match this weekend. It's fine. Well, I'm reading on Wikipedia too, and it just says armbar submission. So I'm just. <laughs> Whatever, but I the reaction I saw for Diego, man, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this guy feels like he could, we could have something here. You know, it's too early to tell. It's going to take a few more fights, a few more wins to really know, but this was not your normal crowd reaction for a guy making his second effort in the UFC. Yeah. Big guy too. Good size. Obviously yeah. good. Yeah, he looks so much skills. bigger than Gavin Tucker. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's a shame for Gavin. This kind of the the skid, the lack of uh, fighting, and now the mm-hmm. losing streak as well. And he's like thirty seven now. I think Nov even mentioned. So it's interesting for him. But Diego Lopez was probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, takeaway of the show in terms of performance. The place went nuts being there in person. Yeah, and then that Dustin Jacoby TKO over Kennedy and Zetchukwu. That was a big win for him. He needed it. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of firmly puts him back in like that number 16, 17 range at light heavyweight. He obviously lost his spot after uh, he got pieced up pretty good by Azamat Mirzakhanov. He said he wants a fight in a, in a ranked fighter. He called out Vulcan Uzdemir. I don't mind that match. I, yeah, I really liked it, yeah. Uh, I think that's a good call out. It's a good shout. Uh, I don't know if Vulcan has a matchup currently. I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know. I, like, yeah. But he seems like one of those guys that could just have a fight and we just wouldn't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to guess not. <laughs> so if not, I would love to see that fight happen around the beginning of next year, maybe even into this year. That'd be, be a solid fight to make next. Uh, did you think the finish was a little early on Kennedy? Yeah, it. it it's one of those right and we were kind of talking when it happened last night you know he was landing the ground and pound and of course the second the ref goes to stop kennedy is trying to grab a hold of dustin's leg so it looks bad um i mean maybe let it go a little bit longer i can see that argument for sure but man i don't envy that job at all the the split second decisions that some of these refs have to make that was a nasty straight shot that dropped kennedy he was clearly Mm -hmm. hurt I can see the argument, but I'm okay with it being a stoppage. I think it's just like your room for error. It's like, yeah. I mean, it, in hindsight, bad. would I let it go on? Probably at least for a little bit longer. But mm-hmm. in the moment, you know, it's right when uh, Gary Copeland jumps in that Kennedy starts actually looking to grab a leg and yeah. try to keep himself going. Shout out to Gary Copeland, by the way, my 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 stepdad's former boss. So uh, yeah. that's a little fun fact for you guys. I've just always had this connection to MMA in some you way. Have. So yeah. Um, anything else you want to go over on this uh, card, Dominic? Obviously, we had some bangers on the prelims too. 
And we always knew that Billy Q and Damon Jackson was going to be fun, right? I mean, come on, man. But the what a weird way to get there. What a, a weird dream. way to get there, man. This fight was weird mm-hmm. in like the best way possible. Can we talk about how Damon Jackson was just piecing up Billy Q in round one? Damon said, forget I mean, the submissions, dude, in the first dude, round. <laughs> I'm watching it, and I'm like, I felt like Billy had a rough round one. I, just no, felt he like did. He did. I thought he didn't look good. Hmm. Thought he looked sluggish. He looked slow. He his defense was. I mean, not that he's ever been that defensively strong, but against Damon Jackson, who's not mm. known as a striker, and Jackson just kept. I mean, he was spamming the right hand, and yeah. Billy just kept eating it. Now, luckily for Billy, he's got a hell of a chin, and it has not been wore down by Edson Barboza knocking yeah. him out. So. Uh, Billy came back in rounds two and three, and it it became a a battle of attrition. It became this who can take more punishment type slugfest, and Billy Mm. Q thrives in that environment. He does. Damon Jackson tried his damnedest, but uh, (laughs) unfortunately for him, he just couldn't quite take the punishment Billy was dishing to him. The body shots, dude. Yeah, the body shots started to add up. It felt like it came out of nowhere too when Damon was just like compromised. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed yeah. like Damon was fully in control and then like one body shot and all of a sudden he's kind of wobbly up against the fence. I'm like, wait a minute. This fight has turned. Yeah. Uh, but man, the legend of Billy Q. I, I love that guy. I love Damon Jackson too. That's three losses in a row for him, by the way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I hate Danny to see that because I think he's very talented. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the guy. He has a solid record. I mean, look at you. Aside from Billy, Danny Gay, he loses to Ilya Toporia. He even lost to Movli Haibulayev in the PFL. Like, the guy has fought legitimate competition and He's even has nothing wins. But killers, dude. Yes, and his wins in the UFC. I mean, he beat Pat Sabatini for, I mean, that's yeah, a great dude. win. And Camilla, Camilla Kirk, I mean, he has solid competition. He's in very fun fights. Billy Q is always in very fun fights. Both these guys still have plenty of good scraps to offer. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's keep Damon around, please. We have I mean, to. Come on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then I guess I'll mention the craziness we got in Cody Dirt and Jake Hadley. That second round was absolutely <laughs> insane. I gotta, I gotta just let the people know how I watched this fight <laughs> right away. Um, it was not under normal circumstances. Obviously, I'm in the arena, right? Yeah. Um, I had to be bad, bad. <laughs> So at the end, as soon as the scorecards were read off for Sean Woodson, Dennis Bazooka, I book it to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, long ass line. Obviously. Yeah, long it's lines the for the fight. bathroom breaks. <laughs> so I see two lines for what I assume to be two different men's restrooms. Mm. Why are they right next to each other? I'm not thinking about that. <laughs> I got a bladder full of pee, guys. I'm New just arena. Trying to get it. Yeah, you know. I'm just trying to get it out. So I get in the one in the back, like the one that looks a little smaller. I'm waiting, and it gets to the beginning of round one of Dirt and Hadley, and I'm like, damn, like we're still quite a bit away from <laughs> using this bathroom. And I look at the other line, and it's like died down pretty quickly. And then people from my line start going over to that line. Well, Dominic, it's at this moment I realized I fucked up. <laughs> and that me and our buddy Jake were waiting to use a uh, um, handicap accessible bathroom, which means yeah. it's a single use yeah. bathroom. So one person out, one person in. While yeah. the other bathroom is just like, I mean, it's an assembly line of people yeah. coming through there. <laughs> so I essentially watched that entire fight on my phone while waiting to go into the bathroom. Uh, I think I then walked to get a refill on my my refillable cup mm-hmm. and watched the round three from like a TV monitor that they had by the food area. So compromised experience, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a wild fight for sure. Yeah. I hated that I had to kind of miss that one out of all of them. But, um, yeah, how was it watching it like with the people, Dominic? The, I mean, Durden yeah. to fight out of that submission to yeah, dude. It seemed like he was really playing up to the crowd a little bit. It seemed mm. like these two really didn't like each other. Felt just a nice little addition on this prelims to have that kind of you know emotion added to this fight. 
you know, it feels good when both flyweight fights that happened on this card <laughs> got the crowd going. You know, Asu yeah. made a great debut and beat O'Day, uh, submitted him, and then Cody Durden got the crowd going. He's actually on quite of a tear right now himself. It's kind of, you know, slide sneaking by, yeah. but he's been winning a lot of fights. Yeah. This was not an easy one. The second round, man, the whole arena. Shout out to Nashville, by the way, watching the prelims, as Noah Shirt said uh, last night. Every A lot big crowd there, and they deserved it. The, the way that they both had to escape super compromising submission attempts had everybody on the edge of their seat, people oohing and on. I was looking at Savannah in our row, kind of freaking out with her, like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, it was just incredible, a great atmosphere. The flyweights continue week in and week out to deliver. That was a beautiful sentiment there. Anything else you'd like to say for the rest? We head to Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and he rode in on a tank. Dominic, that's right. Like the headline says, uh, Jake Paul ultimately gets the win over Nate Diaz in their boxing matchup. Me and Dominic did get to catch this fight, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, we walked straight to the closest bar to the <laughs> arena that my mom and stepdad just so happened to be at. Don't ask why my mom and stepdad were in Nashville while I was in Nashville, but we didn't go together. It, Everybody so, was in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, it's a long story. They had they were in Nashville too, but uh, we met up with them. We get in there. I pull it up on my phone right as the main event starting. Yes. So we get to watch the whole thing. Obviously, no commentary, no sound. Yeah. You know, we're Phone trying propped to, up on the bar. We're, we're dealing with my drunk parents, so we're kind of <laughs> talking and watching. So I'm not going to live band. Yeah. But really, we're not. I don't know if it's really worth it to talk too much about the fight itself, uh, but maybe more so the implications and what's next, right? Uh, Jake Paul did write in on a freaking tank. <laughs> Uh, he dropped Nate Diaz in round five, five. I think it was. Clean shot right on the back of the year. Clean shot. had It was a tough knockdown. Mm -hmm. Nate, Nate did not was not able to catch himself, so he kind of face-planted a little bit. Um, Nate seemed to come back in the later rounds from what I saw online. Seemed like the dirty boxing was working for him, just kind of getting up close and peppering Jake with shots. Sort of what Nate does in general with the stand-up. But ultimately, Jake gets to win, I guess, for Nate Diaz, Dominic, because that's really why we're talking about this in the first place. Did this fight end up doing what we feared it might and and hurt him, his chances of uh, making that return to MMA that he wants to do to perhaps return to the UFC and maybe finish that trilogy with Conor McGregor? You know, honestly, Noah, I don't think it really hurt him at all because in typical Nate Diaz fashion... <laughs> Even in a losing effort, he comes out the winner because of one picture that gets taken. One moment in round number nine, he locks Jake Paul into a standing guillotine before the ref can separate him apart. And that's all I see people talking about. I'm not seeing people talk about Jake Paul winning by a decision or mm -hmm. even the knockdown. It's Nate Diaz doing what Nate Diaz does. And it's putting that picture with you know the bloody face picture that he had and pointing at Leon. All those moments, Nate delivered it here again. You know... He looked a little bit slow, especially early on. I feel like the later the fight went, he kind of flowed a little bit better. Again, we're not breaking down the X's and O's of that fight. But uh, I think he showed enough to where he'll get to do something. Uh, whether it is come back to the UFC and fight Connor, because we called it. Connor was tweeting like a motherfucker about this whole entire fight, about Jake, about uh, Nate. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget the other potential thing, and it's that Jake Paul seems to really be... Uh, wanting to do this MMA fight in their second bout with Nate in the PFL next year. So I think we're going to see Nate in some way, some way, uh, some shape or form, I should say, competing again in 2024. Well, let me ask you this, just to continue that. I mean, those seem like the two biggest options, right? Connor mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. UFC, Jake in MMA and the PFL. Mm -hmm. Which one's more realistic, Dominic, oh. as his next fight? Which one do you think has a better chance of happening? Jake Paul, PFL Superfight Division 2024. Dude, is, it, is it crazy that I sort of agree with you? I think it's going to happen. I legitimately just, I can't put much stake in any Connor fight ever happening. Yeah. <laughs> After all of this mess that's happened with the Michael Chandler situation, I don't, I just can't buy it. Mm. And I really. I don't really think either one of these is going to happen next. If I'm being 
truthful? Because the way you presented it, that makes me think you think that fight is going to happen. It's happening. Yeah. So you really believe you believe that's going to happen? That's his ne- that's next PFL. main event: Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis, co-main <laughs> Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, PFL super fight. Oh, you know the PFL man, that would be massive. Oh man, wouldn't it? However, I don't. I I was shocked to see how much Nate seemed to just not be interested in doing that. He said, "I don't fight for them." For a guy who, and I saw Ariel talk about this a little bit on, uh, and they and the boys talk about on the Ringer MMA show. You know, Nate's really built his name and his career off being kind of the the. He was sort of like. You know, he kind of went against the grain in the UFC. He didn't really play by their rules. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's on his way out when he fought Tony. He's uh, got the Rock shoes on. He's saying "fuck these shoes" like yeah. on on the broadcast and whatnot. Like he's always done that kind of shit, right? Where he's he doesn't, you know, he's not a guy that can be controlled and all this stuff, right? He's just gonna do what he wants to do. And then in the buildup for what we saw here, uh, just from the snippets I saw on Twitter and whatnot, seemed like he more often than not sort of was giving a lot of praise to the UFC and even mm. talking about how much he wanted to go back. Yeah. Uh, when asked about the PFL and the $10 million offer that they had made and Jake had made, he said, I don't fight for them. Um, maybe it's negotiating tactics, but... I don't know. Like, I didn't see if it's really negotiating tactics. Why wouldn't he do it both ways? You know, yeah. why is he seem so um, enamored with going back to the UFC and expressing that? I just, if, if I find it hard to believe that he he might be doing this to try to get the PFL to give him more money when. Why wouldn't he be doing that to the UFC? Instead, he seems to be just willingly gonna take whatever they give him <laughs> yeah it's almost kind of like the Derek lewis conversation we had where he's a free yeah. agent there's a huge fight there with francis and yet he was he it feels like he wants to stay with the ufc show his loyalty to the brand and in a in a similar sense it's kind of like that um so it'd be crazy if both ended up did jump ship to go to the pfl but i don't know man like I'd love to see that trilogy happen. Even at this point, Nate and Connor, it feels like it just needs to happen. But it's crazy when I think it's more realistic that Nate Diaz MMA fights Jake Paul first in the PFL over that. That's what a wild world this sport is. I feel like if Nate, what I think, if you made me predict right now what Nate Diaz does next, very hard thing to do. (laughs) <laughs> the guy is very unpredictable, mm-hmm. as are the people that he is potentially being tied to. Conor McGregor, Jake Paul. I mean, they're they're all bound to change their minds. I will say, I will believe what I will. We will see next from him is he re-signed with the UFC, fight Dustin Poirier at 170 pounds. Yeah, I kind of felt like that's what you were gonna go with, and uh. Okay, and you know I kind of hate to say it, and the reason I hate it is not because I don't hate I I like the fight. I hate it because a week ago, I felt like I already matchmaked for Poirier, and I did not mention Nate Diaz one time. Like I hate how much I find myself like this sport my moves mind too week fast. over week. Yeah, but I saw Dustin's tweet saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'll move up." You know, maybe he's just being cheeky with it. Whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But. I could see the UFC to try to entice Nate to come back to keep him away from the the PFL, give him that kind of fight that he was wanting to have when they wouldn't give it to him, when they were trying to force him into the Hamza fight and whatnot. The Dustin Poirier fight was the one everybody wanted to see. Mm -hmm. I don't think they'll be able to give him the Connor fight. I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if it hasn't happened now. Why would it happen now? Yeah. Good point. Why wouldn't it have happened when he fought Cowboy Cerrone? Yeah. Connor, that is. Yeah. You know, why is it now? Like, why now would it happen if it hasn't happened yet? That's just what I'm turning into with Connor. It's like, feels like it's just going to be random. One day we're just going to get a Connor announcement. It's going to be out of nowhere. It's not going to be because we saw a tweet that said, hey, I'm going to fight Nate or I'm going to fight yeah. Justin or whatever. It's just going to be one day. It's just finally going to happen. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> hmm. 
did we see the end of Jake Paul versus MMA here, or do you think uh, he in boxing him? or just in general? Well, I guess I, just the storyline, because I guess it it is Jake Paul versus MMA in boxing. But do you think that storyline continues as he when he moves into MMA? You know, honestly, I didn't feel like. I mean, yes, this was boxing versus MMA, or you know, influencer versus MMA, however you want to view it. This fight, but I don't feel like that was the narrative about this fight. You know, mm. you know, like it kind of it was just it kind of snuck up on us even on Friday. It was here. It happened. Seemed like a big deal during Saturday and post-fight, yeah. obviously, why we're talking about it. But I don't know. Like, the narrative's kind of ran its course. Can he fight someone else from MMA? I'm sure he can. But I don't know. I feel like the buzz for this was not where they probably anticipated it to be. Maybe if he does get Nate to the PFL and somehow beats him in an MMA fight, everything ramps up again. But... Mm -hmm. I feel like I would need to see that happen first. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess kind of right now it's ran its course with me. Okay, fair. Uh, let's move on to the fight announcements. Just a couple here. Had to put this on here for our flyweights. Tatsuro Tyra looks to go 5-0 and in the UFC against David Dvorak. His chance to October enter the rankings. 14th, mm -hmm. October 14th, UFC fight night. I believe that'll be at the Apex. That's also the same day as my sister's birthday. So, shout mm. out to Macy. Um, also, Dominic, we have a middleweight title fight. It appears uh, this comes from Spinning Back Fist. Apparently, there's still a few details to be worked out before it's made official, but we'll go ahead and talk about it as if it is. Israel Asanya will likely be defending that middleweight title against Sean Strickland on September 9th, UFC 293. I know that's probably where most of our attention is going to go, Dominic, but I'll just open the floor to you to give your thoughts on either one of these fights. Well, quickly, for those that probably still don't know, and I'm sure there's a lot that don't, Tatsuya Tyra is about as legit a prospect you're probably going to find right now at the men's flyweight divisions across the entire sport, across all the promotions. Mm -hmm. He is very legitimate. David Dvorak is a great challenge to welcome him into the top 15. I look forward to see if he can kind of answer the call. Let me just say in response to that, that he is very legit and we've been very excited about him. Shout out to one of our commenters who actually yes. kind of told us about him before we even knew, uh, Vispian. Mm -hmm. However, I do think his last fight raised some questions, Tyra, sure. about you know kind of his stand-up ability. We know how exceptional he is on the ground. I don't think this fight's going to be where we get those answers, David Dvorak, but... I do think David Dvorak is a solid test for him as he continues to move up the ladder. Yes, absolutely. And Izzy Sean is, <clears throat> I, I don't even know what you're really supposed to say about this fight. Is it's it a compelling be, fight or is it more of a compelling buildup to a fight? I think it's definitely more of a compelling slash ugly buildup for sure. It's going to be just weird. It's going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. No telling what's going to happen. The fight itself I have a hard time seeing how Sean can win, to be quite honest. Um, but I'm I'm in I'm interested because if he can somehow win, Sean Strickland's a UFC champion, and the world's <laughs> not ready for Sean Strickland <laughs> to be a UFC champion. So that's the intrigue right there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's compelling for a lot of the factors not involving the fight itself. I think this fight has a very high possibility of being pretty dull. Just honest opinion on the whole matter. Sean Strickland's taking this fight on four weeks' notice. He already has a style that uh, ha finds himself in in those kind of fights where they can be a little slower. You know, he sort of is just a step ahead, has far more output. I don't foresee that being what happens here against Izzy. I think Izzy uh, will have the higher output, will be more effective, all that stuff. He's just a more credentialed kickboxer and striker mm -hmm. but um i don't really see him finishing sean strickland i don't see sean maybe i'm wrong maybe sean just goes for broke here because mm. the ufc without really another option since strick has pulled himself out of this potential fight the ufc still didn't seem all that committed to giving yeah. sean strickland that title fight which kind of tells me that the idea of Sean making his way back to a second title fight, just almost impossible. Yeah. So maybe he, he recognizes that and goes for broke here, but that's just never really been what he's shown. Mm -hmm. 
So I've kind of don't see that happening. I don't see him really putting himself in those uh, risky situations to um, potentially be finished and maybe also finish Izzy. Like, I don't really see him going for that. I think he'll stick to his guns and probably get 50-45. They're 49-46. Like, that's that's what I think is the most likely scenario here. But at least I think the buildup will be intriguing. Um, it'll yeah. be it'll be the fight. The fight, in my opinion, will be on the level of like an Izzy Cannoneer, but a much more fun buildup. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's probably accurate. And Izzy Cannoneer was not great for those that don't remember. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I mean, that's well, just let's keep our expectations low. <laughs> yeah, and then if it exceeds, then perfect. Yeah, because Izzy is fully capable of uh, doing more than that. But you yeah. Know, Strickland's going to have to bring it out of him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with that, Dominic, last segment of the day, we are not doing blazing bets. I know we kind of mentioned potentially doing them once we got down to Nashville. Um, just didn't really happen. We all we both placed some bets, but we didn't get a, our bet slip out in time and all that. Yeah, so it, was, we, yeah. it was just sort of a dead week. Uh, we'll pick it back up next week. But that means we go into closing statements, Dominic. The point of the show where me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, any closing statements to send us off into a great, great week? Yeah, a big week for us, too. Three mm. years, new content distribution. What a, what a time. Um, I'm going to keep it MMA. Quickly, shout-outs for the PFL first round playoffs here. Jesus Pinedo pulls off another upset and finishes Bubba Jenkins in the second round. Impa Kasanganai, the former Contender Series alum, the man who was tore all the way down in the UFC, gotten rid of, now has a chance to win a million dollars when he faces Josh Silvera. So just a shout-out to those guys. I love that story, especially for Impa. We backed him. We watched him in the Contender Series. Now he has a massive opportunity to put his name in a very upper echelon of guys and change his life for the entire rest of it. So I just love that for them. Jesus Pinedo is one of the biggest underdog stories of the entire year. It's kind of reminiscent of the way that uh, Haush Manfio kind of came up the ranks mm. in 2021, except Pinedo is doing it in a much bigger stage and finishing these opponents in very dominant fashion. So I'm excited to see what those two guys do. We get this week off and then the next two weeks start. I don't know why they did it this way, but Shout out to those guys and upping their chances for a million bucks. Yeah, um, definitely didn't mean to put not put that on the script. So that's a. Uh, <laughs> I just I had to put this together. I completely <laughs> forgot the PFL happened. Uh, this Nashville so. happened, Noah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so I definitely didn't mean to do that. So I guess closing statements will be where we talk about <laughs> PFL playoffs. Uh, yeah. Dominic, did you notice that before we started recording? Was there a part of you that's like, should I ask? Or is it was one of those moments? Yeah, but then we kind of just jumped right into recording, and I really did. Yeah, (laughs) that's okay. We can talk about it now. Yeah, Yeah. I guess that would be a good closing statement. Um, yeah, Impa Kazag and I are boy. I had you got to talk about Impa Kazag. What a fucking knockout, man! Yeah, the knockout was incredible. I thought his line. When we saw that in Tennessee, I was like, that feels a bit steep. Like, it's, Martin Hamlet's yeah. a tough guy in that division. Been very solid in that light heavyweight division for PFL. And Impa just ran through him, basically. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Hamlet got a takedown, I think, early. And then uh, Impa got back to his feet and still finished that fight before the end of the first round. Yeah. Also mentioned Josh Silvera. I am, for one... Very excited for a light heavyweight finals matchup between Silvera and Kazaganai. Yeah, yeah. These are the two guys that I've been kind of trying to prop up a little bit more than your average person in my position would do. I would consider myself fans of both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Silvera has looked great at times. He's had a couple dull uh, yeah, showings yeah. like he did against Omariok Madoff, but I think he's hitting his stride here. Impa Kazaganai has had a Incredible comeback to just his career after really being known as the guy on the receiving end of the Joaquin yeah. Buckley KO for so long. I think that's a great, compelling final matchup. I can't really say the same for Jesus Pinedo, Gabriel Al- Alves Braga, but the fact that Jesus Pinedo is here Can he is do it mind again? Blowing. One more time. Well, I think this, if he did it here, I think it'd be the easiest of the three. Am I <laughs> You're crazy? right. You're right. Like, I feel like the harder ones were Brendan Lochnane and Bubba Jenkins. Like, yeah. 
He now if he doesn't do it, it almost too. feels like a disappointment. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's incredible. It's uh, and he looked big. I didn't realize how much bigger he would be than uh, Bubba Jenkins mm-hmm. once they actually start fighting. So, um. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure on my preview of this fight, I kind of said, like, I don't really see his chances. He kind of, you know, had a great night, but yeah. I didn't see him really being able to continue that. And he definitely shut my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so now if he doesn't finish this whole thing and win the million, it'd feel like a disappointment. He's on his way to the Joey if he keeps us up. No, I mean, come on. This is a lot of pressure here. I don't know if we can go back-to-back PFL Joeys considering our success rate. Yeah, then uh, Pinedo's screwed next year. Yeah. Uh, But my name is Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below-average Joes, and we'll see you guys when we see you, I guess.